0: Hi friends, Travis here. Just a quick content warning. This episode we talk a lot about the consumption and production of meat. Uh, Teresa and I are both meat eaters, but if that is something that you find disturbing, uh, then perhaps skip this one. Uh, And now, on with the episode. Hey, you put the cute in charcuterie.
1: That's pretty cheesy.
0: It's Schmanners! Schmanners! Internet. I'm your husband host Travis McElroy
1: and I'm your wife host Teresa McElroy and you're listening
0: to Schmanners
1: it's extraordinary etiquette for ordinary
0: occasions hello my dove
1: hello dear
0: how are you
1: you know I I am good I'm pregnant as yes. as we have what? said several times and you know what we went to this great party last night And there was hardly anything I'm supposedly allowed to eat.
0: Oh, is this our transition into talking about the topic? It is. (gasps) How awesome. You did a great job. Yeah, a lot of meat and cheese, a lot lot, of soft cheeses. A lot of
1: soft runny cheeses and delicious meats. Now, I know, I know that there are are varying opinions, but generally here in the United States, the rule is if it's a cold cut, you got to heat it up.
0: It got to be a hot cut. Got
1: to be a hot cut. And there's no way with a a meat and cheese spread like they had at the party that I could do that. And then all the delicious runny cheeses. I just, I wanted, I really wanted to indulge. But I abstained until January.
0: (laughs) Okay, thank you. Travis,
1: will you tell me about every piece of delicious meat you've ever eaten?
0: Uh, I mean, I've eaten a lot of meat. (laughs) That is my, I, I, when I was in, uh, Vegas with my friends, Bob and Bradbury, we went to this restaurant called Bazaar. It was very good. And they brought out a cheese plate, which I could not by sight identify any of
1: them. Uh,
0: It was very good. And the last time we were in Vegas, uh, you and I, do you remember they came around with like a thing of cheese and kind of did a build your own cheese plate? There by your side, by your like, table side?
1: Yes, I do recall that.
0: We should be up front. Uh, this episode is probably going to stretch into multiple episodes, because believe it or not, there's a lot to talk there's about. There's a
1: lot to talk about. So
0: we'll probably just talk about charcuterie for this episode, and maybe the next one, and then cheese plates. Um,
1: because, strictly speaking, charcuterie only uh, only applies to the meats. Oh, really? Um,
0: I thought it was like the nibbles, you know, the cheese, nope, the bread. The, nope. Nope.
1: Just the meats.
0: Okay. We have the meats. You know, like the commercial. <laughs> like you, the you commercial.
1: Know. If it ain't meat, it ain't charcuterie.
0: I've always said that. You know I've always said that. <laughs> you know. Don't act like I don't always say that.
1: So uh what I'm envisioning is charcuterie part one and two and then Cheese plates. So there's a lot about charcuterie? There's so much.
0: Really? Because I did not become uh, aware of the term charcuterie until probably maybe 24, 25, Mm -hmm. like that, it was not a term I was very, uh, 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 I don't know, accustomed to until you started to see a lot more like artisanal, you know, kind of uh, gastro pubby kind of places start to pop up. It wasn't a term I was familiar with.
1: I think when I was growing up, we called it a party tray.
0: Right? Or party platter. Or party platter with like the cheese,
1: the meat. Some kind of like, I don't know, mustard and crackers, right? Yeah. Kind of all arranged Adult Lunchable. Adult Lunchable. Yeah. That's right. Um and that was that was really it until I was able to go to a restaurant on my own and be like, Hey, bring me this She points to a menu. The charcuterie. The charcuterie.
0: And okay, so I guess where do we start?
1: Let's start six thousand years ago. <laughs> Whoa. Look at this. It's six thousand
0: years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth. No, no. Not quite. When there were big bugs, probably.
1: I mean, okay. You
0: know, scarabs, they're big. Sure. Okay.
1: Um, so specifically speaking, charcuterie is a method and a thing. Okay. Okay. So the method is preserving, smoking, curing, right? Okay.
0: See, this does make sense to me. If you just look at the word, right? It contains the word char and cut, right? So like- that's Seems a good like way sliced,
1: of looking at it. Right?
0: Sliced and smoked meats.
1: Not exactly what the French word means. That's not what it
0: means. But that's always been my kind of like shorthand. Sure. Yeah. Charcuterie.
1: That makes perfect sense to me. Thank you. Um,
0: it's my little mnemonic device.
1: So then also, like I said, it is the method and the noun.
0: And the madness.
1: Uh, most common. You you know, you got your ham, your prosciutto.
0: Your salami
1: pancetta and even some types of bacon okay um so w- here's the thing about the way it probably happened
0: okay someone tripped and some meat <laughs> on a plate and they said wait a minute this looks nice no okay
1: Although it probably was an accident. Okay. So I wasn't
0: (laughs) that far off. All right. Okay. Well,
1: the method was probably an accident, right? So uh, I said 6,000 years ago because it's probably as old as Homo sapiens, right? Cooking things over a fire. But again, it was probably an accident. So what probably happened, no one was there. They can't tell us. But- it makes perfect sense to our brains now that in order to keep their meat from spoiling or getting bugs in it or even being attacked by other animals, scavengers, early Homo sapiens probably tied it above a fire. Okay. Right? Not meaning to cook it.
0: But just because the fire would keep things away and the smoke would keep bugs away. Exactly. And stuff. Okay.
1: Exactly. Make it harder
0: for other Homo sapiens to steal it.
1: <laughs> yes, it would. Um. So then they would find it in the morning, after it sitting over this fire, not not like caramelizing because it wasn't quite hot enough. Mm-hmm. But having sat there all night, it would be you know hot, tender, delicious, and smoky.
0: It would be beef jerky.
1: It would be beef. I mean, if it was a beef.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't quite be beef jerky, but it Lebeuf. would be Leboff Shia Leboff. <laughs> Hi, I'm Travis McRae, spokesman for Shia LaBeouf Jerky. No. You can do it. Do it. Eat the jerky.
1: (laughs) Oh, don't send our friends down an internet rabbit hole, I'm just saying
0: I can't be the first person to make the joke Shia LaBeouf Jerky, right? Like, that can't be. If that's mine, (laughs) TMTMT, I'm going to sell that product.
1: All right. Um... So this is probably why you find examples of cured meats in practically every society, yeah. right? And the idea of preserving food really helps keep the um, keep the timeline of be- becoming like a settlement. Yeah, because a you, can pl- you
0: don't have to. You can you can you know kill an animal, right, and right. then keep the meat long enough that you don't have to just keep. Killing animals all day, right, right, every day, and so that way you can kind of like rest Mm -hmm. and settle a little bit, and say we can take some time between and like chill out and spend time, just some me time,
1: some me time. A lot.
0: They were probably taking a lot of long baths, a lot of meditation sessions, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a lot of spa treatments, a lot of mani pedis. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Your face is saying no, but my heart is saying yes.
1: So, this contributed to the settling of humans as opposed to the kind of nomadic nature that they had before. Okay. Um, So, for example, there are sausage recipes that date further back than ancient Greece. (gasps) Really? And even before that, ancient Egyptians were fattening geese for the liver, possibly making foie gras, but, I mean, probably just eating the fatty liver
0: wow that's a little mind-blowing i don't know why i'm so surprised to find that sausage is so old
1: so when you when you go back far enough there has always been this kind of nose to tail eating right and you got all these little bits what are you gonna do with all the little bits
0: make hot dogs
1: Make hot dogs. That's right. Grind them up. Make a sausage. Well, I don't want to so- know how it's made. <laughs> <laughs> so- Just a little joke, folks. So it makes complete sense that, like, sausage was the second thing after slice of meat.
0: Yeah. It's the best thing since sliced
1: meat. Um, but the thing that charcuterie plates really center around in most cultures and so in party? fact today is pig
0: Ah, Polak. okay, yeah. You know that's fair. You know, the, I I actually now I'm sitting here thinking about it. I maybe have seen some like steak tartare or maybe even some like lox or something mm-hmm. on oh, a but most yeah, of the cured time,
1: fish sometimes. most
0: of the time it is like as you said, like a capicola, bacon, a salami, pork-based yeah.
1: food. Um, and it's a very versatile food. Um, and the Romans were the first ones. Who made standards for the raising, killing, and cooking of pork as well as regulating its production. And the Roman Empire was probably the first uh, the first group to turn pork butchery into a trade. Okay. So I'm
0: not surprised by them. The Romans very industrious.
1: Very industrious. They made trades
0: out of stuff left and right.
1: They certainly did. They had like scholars. Uh huh. Scribes. Yeah. Doctors. Sure. Priests okay. keep going. butchers.
0: Okay, and butchers. <laughs>
1: um, But, but,
0: uh-huh.
1: le français. The uh-huh. French. Yes, I've heard of The French him. were the ones who probably made it into art. You know, like they do. Yeah. Uh, they we, just we, take, we will take everything. Your food
0: and we will make it very pretty.
1: And take it in, and make it art.
0: Uh, and you will eat it and you will be lucky. That yeah. You ate it. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> um, so the actual words "char" is the French word "flesh." Oh, okay. And "cute" is the French word "adorable." Cook. Okay. And so, cooked flesh makes totally sense. Total sense. Okay. And the French were the first people to actually separate charcuterie from butchery in the fifteenth century. Okay. There was a guild uh, that they the charcuterie organized. guild? Yeah. Whoa. Totally. Um, because the charcuter was the only person who could sell smoked, cured, and fully cooked pork products made from meat and offal, which is everything but the flesh and bones. O-F-F-A-L. Correct. Um, and the law separated them from the butchers, so there wasn't so much competition really in the meat industry you had okay. to have if you if you cooked it it had to be sold in one place if it was raw it had to be sold in another
0: i bet that was good for business for both of them too right indeed I was like, oh do you want you the charcuter would have to go to the butcher to get the meat and if someone was buying meat from the butcher they would send them over to the charcuter right like they Sounds probably great. worked well together. I, think, I would hope.
1: I think it's a good partnership to have.
0: Do you think that we will see that? Is that a thing now? Are there charcuters now?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Not just bushers? Yeah. Okay. I, I dump way to the end. Anyways, we were still on Rome.
1: <laughs> okay, so these French charcuters. No, we're done with Oh, Rome. we're in
0: France. Okay. We're in France. Sorry. <laughs> oh, now we're in France. That was a problem. We hadn't traveled
1: yet. We're probably the first people to really perfect bacon. And ham and head cheese, which is not cheese. It's the brain. No. 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 Uh, it is kind of like meat jelly.
0: But it's in the head. No. No. What is it called? Head cheese.
1: Uh...
0: Okay. So it's not cheese. It's not from the head. No. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness gracious. My head cheese hurts. And of
1: course pate. I know pate. Yes.
0: She works out on the DMV. <laughs> sorry, I thought no. you said patty. Sorry, no. sorry, that's my fault.
1: And so pate is a process in which meat is cubed or chopped, sometimes even like minced, um, salted heavily, and then cooked slowly in fat until it can be like Dips. shredded into a paste. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm a fan. I like it.
0: I enjoy pate, Yes. I mean, in, sometimes in, in general, it's hard
1: to think about what this delicious meat moose used to be.
0: We we probably should have but, mentioned this like right at the top, uh, but surely people have caught on by now. Teresa and I are both meat eaters, and so maybe we, we
1: should put a trigger warning.
0: Yeah, we'll put a warning at the top. It's like yeah. we talk a lot about meat and meat production in this. Yeah, uh, that is a good call. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget.
1: All right, I will continue talking while you are writing. All right. So even though the the two the cooked and the uncooked were separated in this in this French town, by the time of the French Revolution, there were nearly one hundred master charcuters working in just the capital city.
0: Wow.
1: That's like I mean, if you think about it, when I think about France, I think about bread. Okay. But maybe if you stepped out of the bakery and turned to your left, there was a charcuterie. I
0: guarantee you there were like four st- shops in a row. Mm-hmm. And it was like baker, butcher, charcuter, like Grocer. Wine.
1: Oh, well, wine. Yeah. You don't need vegetables if you have grapes. No. No.
0: That's, this is all you need. Then maybe the grocer. So maybe four, five and then maybe, I don't know, a bank. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the
1: French Revolution. They don't have money. A church? Oh yeah, maybe. Church isn't really a store, though. Anyways, it's not <laughs> important. You
0: need somewhere to get, uh, you know, pogs. What? Pogs? Where do they get their pogs? They just make them.
1: Pro- probably out of wood, right?
0: No, the pog wasn't around until like 1980. <laughs>
1: You you made me play with you.
0: I know. And
1: then you shut it down.
0: I did, because I didn't see where the game was going. You said uh-huh. I got scared. Uh-huh. And so I ran away scared.
1: Yeah. We diverge from the French. Let's go into the Spanish. Woo, 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 woo. And the Italian. Woo, 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 Here's the thing, Right. When you add salt to cure meat, it creates an entirely new, potentially lactic flavor that different chefs and butchers have played with for centuries, right? Mm -hmm. So all you need to do is when you go to a different place, say Spain, right? They are usually famous for their very lean pork. It's not a very fatty meat at all, and it's a lot darker than, uh, than, American. I mean, the United States and yeah. and and the UK and, and places like that, who we've kind of bred the fat out of our meats. Um, and then you add salt to it, right? And you or you smoke it, you cure it, and so the same cut, the same amount of salt, the same like animal can taste totally different in totally different regions got it um so then what you have is kind of like a good humored rivalry between a bunch of these european nations okay uh that take you know basically i can make the worst part of the animal takes the best oh no you didn't Germany. I can do it. That was...
0: Honey, you're so good at smack talk. (laughs) I think it's the passion. You really sell it. Oh, no, you didn't.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. You did not, sir. Oh,
0: how dare thou. (laughs) You really put them in their place, baby. Uh
1: Uh-huh. So, European sausages uh, still use a lot of the parts of the pig that we're not allowed to use in the United States mm-hmm. because it really is about nose to tail eating and in fact it's actually a really good thing the nose to tail eating um, so Leanne Corrick of the Corrick family charcuterie in Austin Texas she credits the resurgence and importance of charcuterie to the slow food movement which probably started in Italy around 1985 86 and it's and some of the pillars of this movement is a return to local food, farm to table dining, to combat the booming fast food culture, right? Yeah, that right. was that was prevalent in that last half of the century there. Well, like I
0: said, if you think about like how we've become aware of the term now, right, I think about it as like when you go out to dinner and you are getting a like first course and like maybe even an, then an appetizer and then your entree, right? So like if you're just sitting down to eat and then running, right, you don't have time for charcuterie. You don't have time to get, you know, a meat plate and a cheese plate or whatever. You're just like, well, I I just want the hamburger and then I'm out the door, right? So Yeah, totally. It does make sense to me of, like, why when you think about the meat tray, you know, the charcuterie, it is a we're going to sit and pick at this while we talk kind of style.
1: And, you know, this this return to the, the slower right, also means that we expect better food, yeah. right?
0: That's Buttercup. Buttercup She's hoping to really get in one wants, of our
1: laps. She really wants to sit in my lap, but I just can't have her up here while I talk.
0: We're working, Buttercup. Can't you <laughs> see that?
1: Uh, it's going to be slower. It's going to be more artisanal. It's got to have a lot of flavor. So we're expecting something to, you know, be worth the while of slowing down. Um So... When you when you think about it this way and you go backwards, that means that we want animals to be raised healthily so that they taste better. Right. Uh And we want uh, every part of the animal to be used because we're looking for new and different experiences. So it's actually been found to be more socially conscious and better for the environment.
0: Yes, I understand that. Right? Waste not, absolutely. want not. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And not to mention, chefs really love it because it's a good way to be quote innovative um, without doing things like you know pureeing or use selling bags of air or you know hey, foaming. And some
0: of us like to eat bags of air, Teresa. <laughs> I'm.
1: I, this point reminds me of what is the name of the place that they go to for um for Tom's bachelor party in On Parks and Rec. Parks I and only Rec.
0: think of, I think it's it's a weird name but I just think of it as like it looks like the ice planet hoth that they <laughs> reference in the thing
1: and like the quote Bud Light
0: Yeah and it comes as a uh, cotton candy And then there's a scotch That's like a hand cream And then there's also <laughs> may I break your scent sphere <laughs> Which is it's just a great One of them are like flashing light shots which Yeah is
1: yeah, that totally reminds me of that
0: I did when I was at that bizarre place I had a foie gras uh, Cotton candy There was like a cube of foie gras like That then they used to collect the cotton candy mm-hmm. It was good
1: and it was weird, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you a Tom? Uh,
0: in many ways. Mm. Listen, do okay. I think I deserve the finer things? Yes, I'm awesome. Go on, Go please on. tell us more about Sharky. Enough <laughs> of them. As I sit here with my tiny dog in my lap and talk about how much I love cotton candy and foie gras.
1: <laughs> okay, so today. We basically just rip off the French here in the United States, um, and add things like olives, nuts, jams, fruit, pickles, things like that. Um, but again, specifically speaking, all you need for a charcuterie board is the meats. Okay. So all this extra stuff, we are going to, we're gonna, we're gonna acknowledge it. We're going to move it aside.
0: That's the dressing. With, that's that's yeah. the the uh, etc.
1: And we're going to we're going to save it. We're going to save it for the for the cheese. Okay?
0: Hey, hey save it for the cheese, <laughs> save buddy. Save it for the cheese. Hey, I don't want to hear it. Save it for the cheese.
1: Okay. So how do you make one?
0: Uh.
1: How do you make a charcuterie? First you
0: need a big slab of wood.
1: Okay, You're that's a good thing to start it. with. Maybe a pretty tray or um, slates are very popular.
0: I think the key is, right, I think everybody does skew towards something, like a big slab of something or whatever, but the reason there is what it comes down to is space, right? right. Lots of open area. Because sometimes what you end up running into with plates with raised signs is that cuts into the usual space that you actually have to lay out A pretty design or, like, organized, right? Because you don't want things that are, like, hanging over the side or whatever. Right. So if you have a big, flat tray, then you can use that. I recommend if you're looking, like, and you don't want to spend on, like, a fancy charcuterie board, get a wood cutting board Mm -hmm. and use that as, as your charcuterie board.
1: I definitely agree. Um, not to say that it also doesn't look beautiful if you kinda push things really close together in mounds and sure.
0: such. well, sure. They have to look like casual mounds. Casual. Like when you go for a fake bedhead look, it's like that, like, <laughs> oh thank you. I just kinda threw some meat at the plate and that's where it landed.
1: Um some some basic guidelines. If it's gonna be an appetizer, um, this meat board, if it's gonna be an appetizer, think about like two ounces of meat. Um, and if cheese is also an appetizer on a different board, on a, di- on a
0: di- <laughs> you gotta keep them separated.
1: another two ounces, okay, right now but, would
0: you adjust that like if you had more people like if it was a party versus like a like four person
1: dinner I mean, yeah, you would serve more meat, you would serve more food for more people i two ounces per person, oh, that's what see. I'm talking okay. about, gotcha. Um, but if it's meant to serve as the main course, I would say for a party, we w- I'd probably put out up to four ounces per person. Okay. Um, And if I you know someone just... like Travis is coming over, even double that.
0: Whoa. Hey. Listen.
1: Whoa. You have been known to Bogart a meet. Whoa.
0: Whoa. I can be respectful. <laughs> I let everyone else take first before I go for seconds. I am, madam, I'm a respectful monster. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> I am right.
0: Shrek by movie three not Shrek in movie oh, one okay. madam mm,
1: that's a that's a good distinction thank
0: you I would also add that if you had more people coming I would also maybe increase uh, instead of just increasing uh, amount given maybe also options mm-hmm. um, because they're you know if you're looking at like a party of like 10 people 12 people whatever you can't assume everyone's gonna like the same thing. Um, And having more variety might also save you money instead of just getting like, you know, four pounds of one. Yeah, right. Have some different options for them to pick from.
1: Definitely. We'll cover options again a little later. Um, But really, it's important not to be not to be too intimidated by it because like you really can't do a bad job. It's a pile of delicious meat.
0: Yeah, I think the name often can, like, throw people off. I saw people talking about this when we talked about doing the episode, right? Like you said, we both, like, grew up calling them, like, meat trays, meat platter, party platter, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. Charcuterie is just kind of the official term for it. But, like, I think you could, you know, fry up some bacon and chop that into pieces. You could, you know, get some salami and put that on there, like... You don't have to you don't have to break the bank to do it. I think
1: that the party last night had some some very delicious like shaved honey ham. Yes. Yes. Which was really good. And you can get that at any deli counter.
0: Right. And really what you're doing is like you're kind of like you might set up like a make it yourself sandwich, you know, kind of uh, buffet. Right. It's like that without the bread. Is you're just saying, like, do you want some turkey? You can put turkey on there. You can put anything on there. Just arrange it so it looks nice.
1: Right. And we'll talk about bread in a minute, too. Okay. So uh, when you're actually building your board, you want to think about variety, like you said, uh, and think about texture when Mm -hmm. you think about variety. Because texture is a big player in taste, right? Yes. Um, So things like... You might have one of those spreadable pâtés, a tougher, like, jerky-like meat. Well,
0: like, prosciutto usually is a little, when it gets dried, is a little bit chewier. If it's dried out, yeah. Right, it has a little bit, whereas something like a salami or a, I mean, even a nice bologna. I've seen, not not like we think of it, but, (laughs) like, fancy bologna. It can be very (laughs) soft and, you know, very, uh, very have a lot less bite to it.
1: Certainly. Um, And you can... And trying to include meat that is dry cured as opposed to wet cured, Mm -hmm. smoked as opposed to cooked, all that kind of stuff affects the texture. Um, And then, I mean, when we talk about cheese, we'll talk about cheese, but also this applies to cheese. (laughs) All right. So then, like I said, texture plays in a lot to flavor, but you can also expand the flavor profile specifically so like spicy uh if you have uh the peppered salami mm-hmm. is that Capicola? yeah i think anyway um and then extra salty or extra smoked or something like that i mean
0: you mentioned honey like if we're doing bacon you could do a maple brown sugar bacon absolutely and that would pair very well with a lot of things
1: absolutely um and then do remember that cured meat flavors vary wildly depending upon the producer and the region. So why not interview your uh, your meatmonger at your at your local store?
0: But maybe don't call them a meatmonger. <laughs> maybe <laughs> meatmonger, bring me a slice of the capicola. Mmm, delicious. Your,
1: your deli counter? How's that? Charcuter. Charcuter. I don't know if we have one.
0: We'll find one. Okay.
1: All right. Um, And I'm sure that they will wax poetic about the different flavors from the different places. And you might have to walk away to shut them up. Yeah.
0: Or just start eating the meat while you make uninterrupted eye contact. (laughs) I eat your meat.
1: Okay. So um, another thing. I, I stopped you on, but we're back to now is the bread. Yes. The flavor the vessel that the that the foods, the meats are going to come on. Uh, basically you have bread, you have crackers crackers usually like a saltine you don't want to put out like a Ritz because it has a lot of flavor, you, flavor. Want, you want the meat to carry the flavor. So a saltine or I mean some of those like way or thin captain's crackers or something yes.
0: once again don't gotta go fancy
1: don't gotta go the fancy. crackers are
0: delivery system yes for the meat
1: and this then, is why
0: sometimes you can just go uh get one of those like bake it yourself baguettes right and then just slice it into tiny slices absolutely go to town.
1: now it is recommended That'll look fancy as all it. Get sure up. would it is recommended that it be toasted yes um, I mean, and if you're getting super fancy, you could grill it, mm. and get a little smoky flavor. In there. I, you know, I don't like
0: that. I don't like grilled bread. You don't? Not my thing. No. Okay, just throw it under the broiler for like three minutes. Sounds It'll be great.
1: Fine. Nice and toasty. Um, and when you do this, you want to save the kind of softer, more delicate cuts for the cracker. Yeah. And the chewier, more hearty things for the bread.
0: You can um, actually, I Pepperidge Farm. You can get like individually sliced, like you know, the right size, like cracker-sized bread, and they mm. do like a rye and a white and a pumpernickel, I believe. Which for me, that's my jam.
1: That sounds delicious.
0: Yes. Once again, that's a it's a pairing thing, right? right. Like that's some of the time. Like you can get away with spending less money on things by providing what seems like a lot of options. But really, like, you didn't spend a ton on those options, right?
1: Exactly. That's just a
0: little sneak from me to you. All
1: right. <laughs> well, so now we've got we've got our meats in a bag Yeah. from the grocer. Oh, okay. And we've got our breads in a bag, and we have this big, large cutting board. And we're going to tell you next week.
0: Yes. We're going to talk about arranging it. We're going to talk about, like we mentioned, those extras, right? Mm-hmm. Like the pickles, the nuts, those kinds of things. We're going to talk about like pairings and wine and stuff and maybe... How
1: to eat
0: it yes maybe the reason most of you are here yeah how to eat it without looking like a Shrek monster like <laughs> me and that's fine and then we'll do an episode all about cheese and we'll cover the same
1: thing oh, I'm so excited I love meat and cheese
0: this is gonna be great Um, so that's gonna do it for this week though uh, if you're listening to this on Friday or even Saturday or Sunday um, I'm at New York Comic Con right now <laughs> as you're listening to it
1: future
0: so, Travis is yes. there yes so check out Uh, you can see my schedule there um, and let's see what else we have. Uh, new there's new Macroy merch. If you go to macroymerch.com. Um, that
1: usually drops every month, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: We're, we always aim for the first of the month. Um, there's going to be some uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me's in uh, New York and Philadelphia. Unfortunately, no more Schmaner's live shows for the rest of the year. Uh, Teresa enters the the third trimester and travel is out of the question, but we'll be back better and funnier than ever <laughs> Don't make promises
1: you can't keep. <laughs> uh,
0: go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, what else, Teresa?
1: Well, we always say thank you to Brent Brentofloss Black for creating our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you also to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art, and when we call out for questions, that's where we do it. You can find us at Schmanner's Cast on Twitter. Um, also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover banner of our fan run. Facebook group, uh, which you should join. It's called Fanners Schmanners. No, Schmanners, Schmanners Fanners. Fanners. <laughs> Listen, it's very cute. Okay, I messed it up. But uh, And that's the place to go if you like to give and get excellent advice from other schmanners fans um and we are always asking for more topic suggestions please submit those to schmannerscast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you um and this in was fact, a topic
0: suggestion that's from abby uh thank you so much abby abby suggested it and then we took it and ran with be, it might be A B. A B I E. If you're listening, that's you. <laughs> that's you. Uh, we we ran with it and we're making a whole series out of it. So thank you.
1: And then, were there. Hmm. Oh, we always think. Is that it? I think that. Oh. No, that's not it. I want to send out a special thank you to our research assistant, Alex. Without her, my thoughts would be much more random. She is so organized and amazing. Thank you so much, Alex.
0: Okay, and that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Manners, Schmanners. Get it.